The flyover state sports show is for a mature audience. It contains strong language and adult situations. We do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Is this on? everybody and welcome back to the flyover state sports show i'm your host sam long and i'm joined by my two esteemed colleagues two good friends and two brothers gavin alexander and caleb Ubel. um this is going to be a very hard introduction a very hard opening segment for today because we need to talk about the elephant in the room and that is addressing what happened to DeMar Hamlin yesterday on Monday Night Football. Or if, whenever you're listening, January 2nd, 2023. Um, this is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, especially myself, Caleb, and Gavin, as we all at one point played football and seeing something like that last night was very hard. For those who didn't watch the game, for those who don't know, DeMar Hamlin went in for what seemed to be a very, very routine tackle. And it is believed, I can't pronounce the name of the diagnosis, but it's believed that he was hit in the chest at just the right moment during the beating of his heart, that it stopped his heart. He went into cardiac arrest and is currently at the University of Cincinnati Hospital in critical but stable condition based on the last updates that we have. So I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to acknowledge that while football is a game that we love, game that we cover, and kind of most of the reason why we started this thing, but flyover, I think it's important that we reflect on that football is very dangerous. People that play football are people. And it's a very sad and tragic situation going on right now. And from all of us at flyover, we genuinely wish DeMar the safest and speediest recovery. And we're, we are praying for him. So... It's a very somber way to kick things off. It's not what we like to do, but it is our responsibility to cover the news, give insight, and we intend to do that for you guys today. So do either one of you guys want to uh, take the baton and let's get the conversation rolling and let's kind of offer what we have to offer. Yeah, um, from the situation that happened last night, um, I do have to uh, you you have to appreciate the Zach Taylor uh, and the coaching staff for um, how they handled that situation. You know, watching how the players were reacting on the field was real scary um, and real horrific. You know, Josh Allen. I used, there's a picture of you know, a video of <clears throat> Josh Allen zoomed in on the face, and he was just pale. He was just white as a white as a sheet, and um, 
Zach, Zach Taylor for, for the NFL to say, Hey, we're going to start in five minutes. And Zach Taylor says, no, we're not. And for the officials to stop the game, you know, I, I, I think everybody appreciates how they handled that. Um, and then to get the NFLPA Goodell and everybody else in that on the phone to say, we are not playing right now. Um, the crowd, the crowd handled that situation really well. You know, it, I, I think in that type of when that happened, it was more than just football. It was about a human life. It was about being there for a brother. Um, and I, I, I'm I'm appreciative that they didn't start the game last finish that game off last night because a, a person's life is more important. Um. Yeah, I guess to keep building on that, um, obviously, like I, watching it live, it's one of those things that um, there's so much confusion, lack of information for the longest point. Um, it's things like that where I kind of, for a while with this, I have a pretty long leash for like how people react, for what decisions are made along the way, because the reality is nobody has a complete set of information when they're making decisions. Um, that goes to everyone, the NFL coaches, fans, people on social media who unfortunately can social media can allow you to say whatever you want um, and give voice to a lot of people that you might not agree with. Um, so I truthfully, I, me personally, like don't really care to go too much into the weeds with that stuff. The only thing that I will say regarding um, how easy it is uh, on social media to get your opinion out there and to uh, voice the support is twofold. A, it's incredible the amount of support that you saw instantly for DeMar Hamlin. The um, the GoFundMe that just like started skyrocketing with people offering up just real life hard earned money to help causes that DeMar thought was uh, important to him and everything though that's one great side of social media that i absolutely love the side that um i'm not uber fond of it's actually not what most people are going to believe or think um one thing that kind of frustrates me with it is the reality that a lot of people when things like this happen it's almost more important to them to using their social media identity say the correct things and feel like they uh, contributed that way when the reality is DeMar Hamlin would want and I want to challenge people instead of saying that life is short and instead of saying on social media that you should appreciate the time that you have that time that you're spent sending that tweet call somebody spend it with the people that you're meaning that tweet for this uh it's one thing to say the correct things on social media and be the person that you want to be on your phone, but be that person in real life, be that person every day so that when something like this happens, you aren't caught living with regret. You aren't caught thinking that you should have done something else. Do that every single day. I just feel like that's something that has always kind of frustrated me. And when I see something like this and people talking about it on social media, it's really, really easy to talk about. If you truthfully care about it, just do it. Do it every day. We don't know what's going to happen. The reality is, DeMar Hamlin could have had a heart attack 
not because of anything playing football. He could just had cardiac arrest because crap can happen in life sometimes. And the reality is every single one of us, things like this can remind us of that. But I want everyone to live. I want everyone to remember that you should live every single day like that. Not just remember because of this specific circumstance. Just do that every day. Please. That's my two cents on it. What do you guys have? Well, I can tell you for certain. I don't remember at what point I did during. Because, I mean, he was being resuscitated for nine, ten minutes. But I remember during that, all I could think about was, you know, I played so many snaps of football. That could have been me. That could have been one of my other teammates. That could have been, you know, anyone. And, I mean, I honestly started thinking of Kyler just from that perspective of, like, oh, my God, like, what if he passed on the field? Which, I mean, honestly, like he technically did if his heart wasn't beating. And I hope that he doesn't pass, obviously. But, I mean, I there was a lot of different things. And I texted my mom that I loved her. And that's really all I could think about was just telling her that I loved her. And that it was scary. And, I mean, I cried last night. like watching SVP and Ryan Clark because they said so many truthful things and it's just I mean he's 24 years old man like I'm 26 like you guys are are you guys are like 24 aren't you I'm 24 yeah yeah Yeah. I'm 24 as well it's like I I couldn't imagine and like all I could think about was like like that that's not DeMar Hamlin the 24-year-old football player that's DeMar Hamlin his mama's baby boy you know what i mean like cuz i mean i i don't have kids or anything but like the older you get the more things get put in perspective and like one of the things that you really start to like really understand not fully because like neither of us have kids, but like my mom, my dad, I'm like that five-year-old kid to them every day. I'm just their big five-year-old now. You know what I mean? And that's the hard part is DeMar Hamlin is somebody's big five-year-old. And that's what's really the sad part to me. And that's the part I hate the most. So. I, I just, will, uh, I, I'm sorry, ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, you're I, good. I, I also hope like T Higgins, like he was yeah. the one that yeah. was in during that play. Like, I hope he doesn't wear any of this on his shoulders. Like he was just being an athlete and, both players were just being an athlete and I, I hope he doesn't wear any of this, you know, like I, I, I hope he's okay. I hope I, mentally, I, like I, it can mentally take a toll on you. Like even on yeah. all those players that are sitting there, sitting around there, the training staff, the doctors that were responding to that, like that does wear that stuff is like it, it sits on you. And I hope, 
I hope everybody is fine. I hope everybody's come, recovers from this. Okay. It, it's no secret. You know, I, I got his jersey right here. He's one of my favorite players, and I'm scared for him mm-hmm. because – I, I I hope sorry I I hope nobody attacks T Higgins like I'm sure there oh, are people Bart out there. Got that. Well, okay, At, whoever did or if they are like don't attack T Higgins on this. This is not his fault. It's nobody's I, fault. I I know. I'm just very I'm very worried about him, and I hope I hope he is open and honest and can. I mean he's. I, I think he's going to need mental health help just regardless. That's traumatic. Yeah. Like the best case scenario for T Higgins is that he almost killed someone not through his own like fault, mm-hmm. but like when you look at it objectively, like that's, what's going to be said and that's what he's going to think. And yeah, a, as much yeah. love as we're giving Demar Hamlin during this time, we need to make sure that some of it is going T's way. Because I, I I'm genu- I'm genuinely scared for him. I, I agree with that. He's a young man, and young men can do some dumb stuff. Yeah, I mean T. I think he's only twenty five years old. So like, you he know, might he's, not like, he's like twenty three. Yeah, so he's not very so, old. Imagine somebody our age just going through that like mentally. It's not it it it's hard. It's rough, and so it it's difficult. I just I think the most important thing for me on this is the just don't don't attack people on this. This is the time and a moment where you should like be wanting to do nothing but. I don't know, this is a terrible way to put it, but, like, the outpouring of, like, love and support that you should feel and want to give should be the only emotion that should be coming from you. I, You might have feelings on the NFL. You might have feelings on T. Higgins. You might have feelings on whatever. This is not the time. Just make sure that the people that need the support, that need the help, make sure that you're helping them. And if you aren't capable of that, just give them the space and time that they need to help themselves. That's, um, I I don't know if. I think one thought I wanted to share at the end of this and maybe end this on a slightly cheerier note, hopefully. I mean, this is pretty heavy stuff. This is pretty tough stuff. But if, if for no other reason, th- this is like an icing moment. Like, obviously, I just – I don't care if DeMar never plays football again. I just want him to – I just want him to be okay. But if DeMar is able to pull through, it's going to be really cool for him to see yes. all, all of this. And, like, it's really going to be – it's really a moment that's so hard to fathom and I don't know how he'll feel about it, but like the world stopped for him. You, you know, like there's, 
there's like a saying or like the reality that you're like never going to be there to like witness the moments or the whatever, like after your own death, like what is going on with Damar Hamlin here? And if he is able to hopefully pull out of this, which he's in a stable condition currently, still critical condition, but his vitals have stabilized. This is like as close as you can kind of get to an experience like that. And for him to go through is like terrible and scary as of a situation. Um, I, it's going to be for him, I hope, and his family, like kind of, I hope it's already been for his family, like amazing what, uh, the support, um, financially, emotionally, every sort of support that has came from every single place in the world for their son and hopefully for him to see for himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if you're able, I would suggest to anyone listening here to go find Damar Hamlin's uh, GoFundMe, even if it's a dollar, you know. Every little bit helps. We want to see Damar get up and deliver $5 million worth of toys to a bunch of kids. It's a lot of toys. <laughs> so... There's no good way to transition out of that. Um, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar business. Um, they obviously have postponed the game. Don't Not going to play it this week. Don't know when they're playing it, if they're playing it. Um, I don't really think we need to speak too much on that. The game was obviously super big, super important but like not really anymore. So we'll figure that out. Um, I'm sure they'll have something by next week and we'll bring that to you next week. And hopefully we'll bring good news to you next week as well. Yeah. The reality is it's not um, a, not our call to make and B there's not a decision made at this point. So there's nothing even to report anyways. So. So we won't speculate. The only thing that, even has an inkling of anything is the NFL took a week off during nine after the nine 11 attacks got rid of the second week between the championship games and the super bowl. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of it. So, but to move off to continue the show, um, we'll stick with the NFL. We'll talk about the chiefs chiefs beat the Broncos. 27 to 24, right? Yes. I believe that was it. Yes. Chiefs beat the Broncos 27 24. Russ rush Russell Wilson rushed for a pair of touchdowns. He didn't look all that bad. Chiefs look kind of iffy. I think it's just one of those. It's kind of it was kind of the same game, except the Chiefs didn't get out to a big lead. So it was more or less kind of the second half of the previous meeting. But like for a whole game, kind of the kind of the vibe. The game continued on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I think generally generally speaking, it was kind of a mundane game. Definitely felt like a Chiefs don't respect the opponent game. And they just kind of won because the Broncos are kind of a hot mess right now. But like I said, Russ uh went for two touchdowns on the ground. 
Mahomes had a couple passing touchdowns, I believe. One to Jake McKinnon. No, Jake McKinnon got two. Yep. yep. And it was just kind of a straightforward-ish game with a bunch of weird stuff in it from bad special teams. A muffed extra point hold and a muffed punt return again. <laughs> yep. So, gentlemen, what say you? In terms of Chiefs Broncos part two, electric boogaloo. Yeah. So regarding the punt, we've now seen Sky Muff multiple, we've seen Kadarius Tony muff one, we've seen Justin Watson muff one. We've seen um there's somebody else in there that muffed another one. I know I hit on earlier. Pacheco's um, Pacheco's muffed him. So I know it's really easy and like fun to attack the Sky Moore guy and a lot a lot of people like to just uh like throw that as like maybe that's the reason he's not seeing the field but I, I know he hurt his hand in this game and actually was playing pretty well to start but like from a big picture bigger than the sky more our like special teams execution coaching all that we've it's been it's been a problem the whole season Trash. it's still a problem it's uh kind of just it's amazing on like a team this good how undisciplined and like just uncaring we are about a third of the game um i can't i i know beans can probably attest to that more than i can even it's uh what what are your thoughts on it beans i'm genuinely curious on which situation special teams. all of them okay the special teams so I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer this and then i have a follow-up question okay? okay oh boy all right so i was watching Kadarius tony returning that punt and when he was running Right. I was like, oh, he's got his ball in his le- he's got the ball in his left hand. That's gonna be a problem. And Big it was no no. Big no no. It fumbled. He fumbled. Shocking. Ha. Ah, you know, when you aren't then Gavin texted it and he text he hit the nail on the head. You know, he hit it perfectly. Like when you aren't disciplined, you get, you know the shit happens. Shit happens. And well, it's like creating your own luck type thing, right? And like seriously. You know, right now it might not be an issue because we're winning, you know, like we have, you know, we're contending for the number one seed in the AFC. Like, you know, like we can't be mad, but at some point, like you're going to shoot yourself in the foot and it's going to cause you to lose games. And I'm tired of it. And so here's my follow-up question, like with everything happening, like, could this be a year where we see three different coordinators come into Kansas city? Like, I'm being honest. Like, could we see three Uh, new coordinators, like Dave Tobe, not bad. I'll give you two. I just don't see us moving off Spags. I agree with that. What? Andy yeah. doesn't move off people, bro. I don't think Spags has been that bad. The deep here's the problem, Beans. The defense has looked a lot better the last two weeks than it did the previous like four weeks. I just want Yeah. And yeah. it depends no. on like the you, level. Here's my opinion, Beans. This isn't like a shot at you per se. Or a shot at Spagnolo, but I just don't think that the way you want to run defense meshes with the way that Spagnolo coaches defense. Or like no, and I get that. Like I, I do look at it from a Spagnolo lens all the time. Like I am very much a Chiefs fanatic. I understand like the schemes of Spags, Bienemy, Reed, Tobe, and all that stuff. Like I understand what they're seeing. 
And like, I know they would get paid thousands of millions of more dollars than I ever will. And I'm just a, you know, I'm just a guy that talks into a radio, you know, the, for, um, on the side. And so like, I just put in my input. So I, I, yes, like, um, I just, I don't know. It just really frustrating that we, we can't be disciplined. <laughs> it sucks. I, I think the thing that you're looking for, for yourself is the team itself is mostly undisciplined, which doesn't jive with hyper-aggressive, which is kind of what Spags is a guy who likes to bring a lot of pressure. And I love that. Yeah, but if you want to bring a lot of pressure, you need to have a lot of discipline in your coverages because you're leaving guys on islands, so you can't get PIs, you can't bust coverages. And for the past couple of years, we've, busted coverages because we're not yes. disciplined and gotten penalties because we're not disciplined. So I think it kind of, so I think it's one of, it's a couple of things. I think you're okay with the style that Spags has when we are disciplined, which we're not, which is a different. Yes. And, and entirely. we're but, seeing that we're seeing this with our like rookie corners too. Like um, here, like a great example of what happened in this game. And it's kind of been a problem since the beginning when we started playing Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, you know, he's a little grabby, you know, he's going to get penalized, mm-hmm. but most of his penalties, guess what down they come on third down, yeah, third down, which can't happen third down, which is really crucial. And so I'm wondering like, at what point do we say, okay, first and second down, Joshua, go out there, be aggressive. Third down, we're going to throw in Jalen Watson. Like, I don't know if, like, I I know they see the analytics and stuff like that, but I, I don't know. It's just stuff like that. Gavin, like, do you have any, like, as far as this defense and, like, the discipline? Oh, he doesn't look side? very amused with your take, to be honest. No, no I w- <laughs> so the only thing I was going to say regarding that, uh, like, who's playing late and that is just, like, I mean, third down, most of the time, we're bringing pressure. We're trying to get teams into third and long anyways. We're setting teams up for obvious pass situations. So, like, yes, it always happens to be on third down, but teams are almost always passing on third down against the Kansas City Chiefs as well. So, like, I think that that's a large portion of it. Um, the reality is, though, and, like, I've felt this way the whole season, haven't really had anything to change uh, my feelings on it. I just... Spags has got more talent on this defense than he has in years past, and the defense is playing better than years past. Yeah. It's not a outstanding defense because the talent still isn't that good, but it's better and we're playing better. So like I don't I don't know what more you want from Spags. Like we're we haven't yeah. had talent for years and we haven't had a good defense for years. Like I I, mean, no, yeah. I, I don't I don't want any of this to be knocked like at Spags or at Joshua or our rookies. Like our rookies are playing really well. Carl Loftus, he's showing out. Like, he's probably having one of the best rookie D-line, you know, that we've ever had. Like, he's doing really well. Leo Chanel, he's fitting into his shell. Like, he's starting to play more snaps now, and it's he's starting to show. Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. Like, we're starting to really rock with these rookies. Um, And it's helping with, like, Chris Jones. Chris Jones, you know, Chris Jones, Carlos Dunlap, and uh, Frank Clark. They ain't no spring chickens anymore, believe it or not. And with the help that we've had from uh, our players on defense, like these guys can rotate more. They have fresh legs underneath them, which is causing, you know, you know, Chris Jones might not have the stats to back it up, but I do think he has content. He should have 
grounds to be in defensive player of the year candidacy. I would absolutely just, just to interrupt you completely. I'd still just give that to TJ Watt. No, yeah, I, I know no, TJ I Watt's only played half of a season, but like it's so dumb, obvious. Like, Beans how... is just saying in the conversation. In the, he no, should I, be, I, I he get should that. be talked about. Like it should be a yeah, he's in there. He might not win, but like he's like I said, it's not statistical. It's watch the film, watch yeah. what he does, watch what he provides. No, I you know outside I of like some, outside of some penalties that happen at the beginning of the year. The I mean, those would have helped his stats too. Like he was penalized sometimes at the beginning of the year that hurt his stats, you know. And no, I'll, I I'll, I agree with you. Like I'm I'm I am just I'm here to bang the drum for TJ Watt winning defensive player of the year. I and I'm going to interrupt you every time you bring up the defensive player of the year, unless you're talking about <laughs> TJ Watt. <laughs> because there is no one player on this earth. Other than Aaron Donald, but even Aaron Donald couldn't save this godforsaken Rams team that can save the middest of below mid teams and bring them to just mid. By the way, Mike Tomlin's one win against the Browns away from getting that team to fucking nine and eight. What a fucking yep. jeez. Yep. Okay, God, can, can we? I want. I want to. I want to talk about this real quick, and then we can get back to like talking about the offense of the Chiefs. Are you like as a Steelers fan, would you be more upset that this team gets you to 500 every year and like you're in the middle of the draft every year or would you nope. be more or would you no, be dude. more pissed like oh we could have had a chance to have a top, you know, 5 pick. I I want the standard, dude. The standard is the standard and if 500 is the bottom, I want it. It's not even about a standard like just draft well and put fucking good players on the team. Like I know, but like, do you think you need one good draft to reset, like reset yourself? Like, I mean, or- maybe, but I mean, TJ Watt got drafted at the end of the first round. That's you know what true. I mean? Yeah. Like Kenny, yeah. Ke- I mean, Kenny Pickett is probably headed for like, <laughs> I was reading about the Andy Dalton line, like where a couple years ago it was like, if your quarterback is Andy Dalton, you're fine. And if it's above Andy Dalton, you keep him. And if it's below Andy Dalton, you get rid of him. Yeah. Pickett is probably the, uh, I believe someone called him the picket fence in terms of <laughs> quarterbacks you should keep and quarterbacks you should get rid of. But Kenny's probably heading towards that. He's probably heading towards a 10-year career of very average football for Pittsburgh yep. or somebody else. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. I just wanted to ask that question. Like, ju- It just popped no, in I, my head the other day, and I was like... I, you know, I get it, but I think the thing, the thing is is would you rather draft in the top of the draft like that and risk the culture being damaged? Or would you rather keep the winning culture like there and just bring guys in that fit the culture and have faith in your coaching staff to mold them? No, like, like, ask like Trevor we, Lawrence, who looks like everything we want to see right now, how much it ma- how much a head coach matters. Ask yeah, us yeah. who has nobody on offense how much a head coach matters. Just Dude, like Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson literally. I don't think people understand how important hiring Doug Peterson is for the Jags. Like he literally might have saved Trevor Lawrence from being like Kenny Pickett. Yes, and that's not a knock on Kenny Pickett, but like Kenny Pickett wasn't a fucking Bill. like top. He wasn't a top five draft pick for a reason. Trevor Lawrence was a consensus number one overall draft pick for a talent reason, 
And it's just like head coaching, like st- like literally just bringing in a culture of winning is so important. That, like, it's, and, like it's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, I same thing with the Titans too and what Vrabel's been able to do. Like you can get talent. You can get that and like figure it out, piece it together when you have it or like regardless of having a good coach or not. But if you don't have a good coach, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter really. Like I know there's like the extreme circumstances where like an Adam Gase is getting carried by a Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning for all intents and purposes is the head coach of that team. Like just, yeah, there's, there's times where sure, like a, a coat, a player or a such talented roster can carry a coach in the same way that a quarterback can uh, like a terrible quarterback can drag a team down. It's just, it's so fucking important to, I always think that like having a great coach increases your floor and like, that's uh, exactly what we're seeing here in Pittsburgh where it just doesn't matter. And then once you start surrounding them with talent, that high floor just immediately, that floor just keeps getting higher because the talent just, you can do more with that talent. It's yeah, it's, but, no, yeah, it was just it was just a question that I had. But like last um, thing before we get on track, and you know what? Uh tier ranking uh head coaches is a future video idea. Bang. Um yeah. write it down, write that down. H- hit us up right on down. Twitter at underscore underscore F3S if you want us to do that. That's underscore underscore F3S by merch, blah 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 blah. Um, <laughs> last point on that, Brian Dable, absolute culture changer. Giants are a fucking mess, and then Brian Dable just comes in and they're fucking yeah. play- and they're a playoff team. Like yep. coaching Matt, coaching coaching in the NFL absolutely matters. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, back to the Chiefs. So I don't really know what else to say on the Chiefs. It was honestly more fun talking about Doug Peterson saving Trevor yeah. and being Kenny yeah. Pickett. I to be no. completely frank. <laughs> to to close up what Beans was talking about, like the the head coaching stuff and the coordinator vacancies and all that, like part of that is due to expectate, like up to what you expected coming into the year. Um, and I, I don't think Spags is gone or should be gone or whatever, but as we transition over to, we've talked about special teams. It's just a fucking shit show. Um, yeah. It, it might be wait, time for Tobe to hang him up. Yeah. Like, which it, is crazy. Might- Cause like Tobe is probably like, I'm not saying he's a hall of fame coach, but like he's been on some special teams. And get it. Um, he's uh, been on, he's been in some great situations and, and it, it just sucks to see it go down. The only thing I can think of is that they just bring him back and we draft like, who's the guy for TCU? Is it Darius Davis who does the returns? Yeah. Is is it Darius Davis? That just feels like a dude we draft in like the fifth or sixth round and just like have him on our roster to return kicks. And then he just becomes Tyree kill because of reasons. I don't think it's like, just the return thing, like. No, I I get there's more than just that, but like I, I just think I like deal, just I just deal with missed kicks. You know what I mean? Because like missed kicks I, happened or happen, and like not no, everyone. I would, honestly, like I would much rather just have a spot on the team for a holder. <laughs> can we have us? Wow. Can we have a spot on the team for a holder? Like, I mean, that was the first time that that happened. I think one thing, and this isn't a defense of Harrison Butker because, like, he has missed a lot of kicks and, like, very obviously, like, needs to get something right in his mentals. But, like, Harrison Butker was making kicks at, like, the second highest rate in NFL history. 
at like his peak. Yeah. And like now he's regressed to just kind of an average kicker. And that's why it's so stark. And so like shocking and dramatic, but like he's still <laughs> Harrison Bucker is still a kicker. I would rather have over half the damn kickers that, that I was, I actually wanted to bring that up as well, because like I, I talked a lot of shit on Harrison Buckner last week, but it's mostly just like, again, expectations are a big thing here. Like he's always been inconsistent. It just matters. Now, everything that I said though, like, 99.9% of kickers in the NFL are inconsistent the majority of the time. So, like, Harrison Buckner's just fine, and he can hit kicks that a lot of kickers in the NFL just can't. I love Harrison Buckner. He should be on our roster. But, like, the the reality is, is he's just not going to bail us out, not going to hit every kick, and those missed kicks are going to matter Someday. now with the – whether as the talent margin just decreases like they didn't in the past. Yeah. But and I mean, look, we got Harrison Butker off of a practice squad and the Bucks drafted Roberto uh, Aguayo. Aguayo in the second round. So I mean like what's the It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yes. I beans I do um to transition us back to the only group we haven't talked about coaching wise. I I want to bring up two things and then I'll turn you loose. Um, so I was driving back from the sugar bowl when this game was going on, we were watching it on our phones and, um, there's two moments in the game that, or one thing in the game that cracked me up and another thing regarding the coaching a, I think that, um, basically how our offense works is everything that's retarded. We blame on, help me out here, our other, or OC, the enemy, everything that works, we blame on Andy Reed and like we have. No idea how to tell what's true, what's not. Um, if we want to have a scapegoat, that's okay. I just want us to be aware of that. Um, the other part of that is I was sitting in the car, and I was joking with my dad and his friend, uh, saying, you know what this game is missing? And the reason that we're losing this game in the fourth quarter is because our four-string tight end isn't involved enough. And as I say that, the fucking belldozer streaking downfield uncovered just right there <laughs> as just like a fucking beacon from heaven that this is what this offense was missing and this is what's going to save us is the belldozer getting wide open downfield just beans i sky Moore's hurt at this point in the game so i don't have that excuse but make it make sense i can't i'm done we don't run real offense it's fake we could we could plant a fucking shrub downfield and that mother, or we could plant the shrub at X receiver, and then the like screen would go to Mahomes doing his bullshit, and then he would throw the ball downfield, and like all of a sudden the shrub is now planted at the like opposite <laughs> fucking end zone, and it catches it for a touchdown. It doesn't make sense, and I don't know why the defense didn't guard the shrub as it transplanted itself. But that shrub, all of a sudden in week sixteen, has eight hundred receiving yards and sixteen touchdowns. So. Tell me why. Why can a shrub play X receiver for us and not any other team? That might be the single dumbest, best analogy I've ever heard in my make life. Make it make sense. All right. So Mom's I'll respond. Magic. I'll respond in the order of which you uh, stated. So no, a. talk about my fucking shrub first. <laughs> no, it's a shrub about- turn. <laughs> 
<laughs> this you is talked, a shrub question. You talked about the play calling, and it made me remind me of this. So you're you're thank you for remind. So Travis uh, Kelsey has admitted that Eric that Andy Reid is calling plays. I don't know if Travis Kelsey is trying to save Eric Bieniemy's jobs or whatever. But he said, guys, he, God damn. He said on his podcast that Eric Bieniemy does not call plays. It is Andy Reid. So stop blaming Bieniemy for the stalling, whatever. How are we so, supposed to get rid of Bieniemy then? I know. I, I said the same thing. Why Anyways, would he reveal that information. I know. I wish you, I it's wish you time said for that. both it of us to part ways. Honestly, it would have looked better if they would have said Eric Bieniemy was calling plays, in my opinion. It would have just looked a lot better. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so like, there's that. Gavin is currently gone. He doesn't want to hear my shrub response. <laughs> I think he just doesn't want to hear that Eric Bienemy isn't calling plays. <laughs> so, anyways, about the shrubs, you know, what was funny was I was saw that uh, Bell was in. I was like, hey, the Bell Dozer's in. He's going to score here. <laughs> this guy was a five star quarterback prospect at a Wichita. And then, so I, I've said this. A thousand times, our offense looks way better when we have two or three tight ends on the field, and oh it works. God. And there was like a play earlier in the game where just Travis Kelsey just stops. Like Mahomes is, he had the ball for like six seconds, and finally he started scrambling. Mo- Kelsey just stops, and he's just sitting there in the middle of the field. And he's like, "There's nobody around me. There's nobody around me." And then Mahomes leaves the pocket, and Kelsey's like, "Hey." I'm going to follow him leaving the pocket. And he takes like three steps and Mahomes finally sees him and throws it to him. It's, we, I, it's so funny we, how we it run works. an offense that's predicated upon like getting two yards on a run on first down screens and Travis Kelsey running to space. And it's working. <laughs> like. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to get tweeted, by the way. This is just how fucking perfect this is of our offense. It's just uh, I can't even tell what you can see because my Who's camera. Who's the shrub? Work, is it but... Juju or is it MVS? It doesn't no, matter. It, 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 it's a shrub. You could put a shrub there. That's the point. It doesn't matter. Like we're playing, you can we're put... paying MVS and Juju like millions of dollars to do the job that a fucking shrub could do. So just think about that. Like you know what? I'm I'm on my computer. How much does a shrub cost at Orson's? <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna buy a shrub on Orschlands and put a jersey on it. Oh, oh my, my god, Gavin. You should buy like a you should legitimately buy like a indoor shrub and get a custom jersey for it that just should shrub like zero zero or whatever. So you're saying when Quentin no, Johnston... has to have a tight end number for the Chiefs. Oh so you're good. Saying... You're you're correct. Uh eighty nine. Yes. So so when you're saying when like Quentin forty eight falls... would be hilarious. Wait, how much does a shrub cost? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Apparently, I don't know how to spell Orsland or no. Okay, I spelled shrub correct. You dumbass computer. <laughs> so to uh, to illustrate what Gavin is doing, he is currently looking into his computer, googling Orsland, spelling it incorrectly, trying to purchase a. Why did you shrub. choose Orslands? Why didn't you choose? I like... was just thinking farm stores. Someone else find me a place that spells that sells fucking shrubs. I I wouldn't know. I'm not a shrub guy. Shrub I don't plant. like. 
I don't like plants. So bushes, Home Depot. We're going to the there. You go. Why did you go or tractor? We're looking at fourteen ninety nine to get free eight hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns for fourteen ninety nine. This shrub will catch eight hundred yards from Patrick Mahomes, including it looks like two touchdowns for one dollar. Like it costs us one dollar to get a fucking touchdown. And we, How many touchdowns would the shrub have, Gavin? 16. 16? I don't think it would have 16. We could get a shrub 16 touchdowns. Don't joke. Don't kid yourself. I feel like it was more like eight. I was trying to calculate the fantasy points per game that shrub you know, would get me. You know, like the moment SpongeBob was like, you know what? Uh, it's okay, Rocky. You go when you feel like it. That's our offense. And the uh, Rocky is our tight end room. It's just, you're going to have like, to. All the, at, all, all the, at the very end of the race, fucking Rocky's standing in the end zone with the fucking ball and nobody understands why or how rocky got there he just is if there. you don't photoshop this image with andy reed's face over patrick and a shrub over rocky i'm gonna be so pissed put it on Please the show make it make sense. Oh, i'll put i'll put rocky um I just, rocky tr- rocky shrub I, I say all this shit is jokes but it's true I want it to be false because it's so retarded. I have a, a shrub that is $15 at Home Depot, and I'm talking about it being our X receiver. <clears throat> so when Quentin Johnston falls to the end of the draft, you wouldn't want him? Well, why? Look, Beans. Yeah, why would we take a dude with the— When we could have a shrub, why do we need Quentin Johnston? <laughs> make, okay. make, make sure you put $15.99 on for his roster yeah, number. Yeah, and Beans, would we even play Quentin Johnston, or would we just, like, give the Giants a fifth-round pick for some dude who can't hold on to the ball because he's really athletic, and we're going to play a tight end over him anyways? Listen, I can't make it make sense. We, we, would, we would just turn Quentin Johnston into MVS anyways. I, you, know what, you know what I want? I want our listeners who are— fucking like confused why i'm talking about a shrub to tell me exactly why this works and why it makes sense other than andy <laughs> reed just being a fucking wizard but if you're a fucking wizard maybe you should be a fucking wizard every snap instead of like wasting two drives just so you can set up or no fucking two drives wasting four weeks of running justin watson out there so that we can set up one i was gonna say- two minute drill there was we were, a play. We we're playing the long game on that one. There was a play that we've been setting up since the Colts game, and it worked. I know. <laughs> we've been setting up Justin Watson running a fucking crossing route for four weeks. <laughs> Andy I Reed. know it works. I I really feel like Andy Reid, like when he made that call, like leaned over to the enemy and was like, hey, "This, watch this shit right here." <laughs> I'll never see Justin Watson coming across the field. Honestly, I I think he's basically I, a tight end. You know what? I think here's my thoughts on why we don't use Sky Moore. It's because I think Andy Reid doesn't think he's a wide receiver because he wears the number 24. That's my personal belief. <laughs> I well, uh, I mean, someone should tell Andy Reid that all of our wide receivers don't wear tight end or don't wear wide receiver numbers either. They wear I mean, tight end what numbers if, because that's who he puts there. You, you know what would be the least surprising thing to ever happen, like in Chiefs history, if we drafted like Jalen Hyatt in like the late first round, eighty nine. <laughs> but no, we draft like Jalen Hyatt in like the late first round, and then like. 
Jarek McKinnon leaves and Clyde gets cut and we just move Sky Warner running back. Yeah. I I do want to talk about uh Jarek McKinnon. would probably bit. work. Like Loki. Yeah, it would. And you know um, what's funny about that? He used to play quarterback in high school. Guess who else used to play quarterback like in college? Jarek McKinnon. And Kadarius Tony. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. Yeah. I um just I just want it to I, I like logic. I'm an engineer. Like, it's just, you're supposed to have this, like, thought process and coherency <laughs> to everything that you do, not just kind of, like, bullshit your way. The reality is, like, shit works against the Broncos. Shit works against t- shitty teams. We're going to lose a playoff game, and then that's when everybody's going to have a problem about it. Nobody's going to care about us playing a shrub for, like, 17 or 18 weeks or whatever. It's like, well, the second we lose a playoff that game, that's when the shrub is a problem. And that's the part that pisses me off. Maybe we shouldn't be playing a shrub in a contact sport. Did anybody ever think about that? <laughs> this is one of the great analogies of all time. Like, genuinely, I'm having a great time with this, Gavin. I agree with you. For the... <laughs> I think for the sanity and time, because K- okay, K-State yeah. plays basketball in 40 minutes, and I'm trying to okay. watch. Yeah. Um. I've ranted. I'm pissed. I'm sorry. Dude, trust me. I, <laughs> I'm going to get – I'm telling you, Beans, um, Gavin, we're already ruining – when's your birthday, Gavin? You know, I, oh, like, no. You, uh, instead of my birthday, can I do like a 15-minute shrug, mo- shrub monologue? Like, I, I was going to say like for your birthday, Beans, I'm going to have to get you a custom jersey that's like 89. This is shrub on the back. <laughs> And you know what? I'm going to wake up in the yes. morning and I'm going to look out my back window and that shrub's going to be standing with the ball in the end zone somehow. Dude, I swear to God, if we get you this jersey and you buy an actual fucking shrub and put the jersey over it, I might actually, like, die of laughter. I'm going to plant that in my front lawn. Actually, no, I would plant it in my front lawn and then I'd drive to work and it would have transplanted itself into the end zone at the high school field down the fucking field. That's... All, All right. right. We got to move All on. Right. Chiefs right. are playing who beans? Who who are the beans pl- who are the beans playing? The Chiefs. The Chiefs are playing the Las Vegas Wow. Raiders. They're playing a Jared Studham. You oh, know, wow. the, the, the quarterbacks who had the best games against the uh, 49ers defense this year are uh Patrick Mahomes, Jared Stidham, and Marcus Mariota because reasons. Yeah. I'm glad Patrick Mahomes is in that conversation. <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> really esteemed list for Mahomes to be a part of. If on, honestly, yeah. you know, it probably tarnishes his MVP candidacy at this point. That's what's going to tarnish the MVP candidacy um, is right there. Yeah. You know what? I think that this game is kind of primed for an upset. Um, Not to be like completely off the rails, but I think Derek Carr was just playing so bad that if Jared Stidham just doesn't fuck up, he, it's going to be a lot harder of a game than I think a lot of Chiefs fans realize. I mean, I think that the Raiders present a very difficult aspect of being able to be physical with the run game, and I think they're finally kind of healthy with Darren Waller and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. Um, yeah. I also think that... I don't want to say that this is going to be kind of a trappish game, but 
in light of everything that happened on Monday Night Football, I think you kind of start thinking about you can clinch the one seed if you win this game, but you don't actually know if you can clinch the one seed. It, it This game just feels very weird to me yes. in a sense. And it with if with it being a road game, it does feel really weird. I don't want to say they're gonna lose, but like the Raiders are the most successful team against the Chiefs the past three years when it comes to the AFC West. Like the Chiefs are having to pull games out of their ass and they're losing games against them, right? Yep. So I think this is probably like 24-21, something along those lines. And um, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Chiefs, but at the same time, won't feel good. I it it's very much. This feels very much like a way for the Raiders to like go out on a high note type game, and the game doesn't uber matter to the Chiefs in re- realistically, or we we don't even know if it matters, right? Yeah. Yep. Like this, like this game might matter a ton. It might end up not mattering in like two weeks if we play Cincy Buffalo in two weeks. So I think it's just a very weird game, which makes it a. And the Raiders always seem to play as close nowadays. So give me like twenty four to twenty one. Um. So I agree with a lot of what Sam said there. The only difference, except it's a major difference, is uh, Jarrett Stidham is playing Patrick Mahomes. And I know Jarrett Stidham looked awesome against a good defense. We've just seen this, in my opinion, a thousand times where the backup comes in, looks good for a game when there's no film, and then just regresses back into the backup quarterback. I'll give you that. I think that's kind of what we see here. I think the offense struggles again. Um, I think it's still a slog because of that, but I think our defense continues to still look good, um, mostly because of the quarterbacks that we've been playing over the past couple weeks. And uh, we just kind of win a gutty game like we had the last couple weeks. I basically agree with everything Sam had said score-wise. Um, put me down for like, um, let's go something weird, like 20 to um, 14. Like okay. twenty to eighteen for a peak drama or something when the Raiders yeah. get the ball yeah. back. Yeah. Um. So don't quote me on it, but there's a lot. Uh. There. The same statistic has been going out. Uh. Teams that play the Forty ers that following week, the team is like, what is it like, zero and thirteen? What? <laughs> so after playing the Forty ers teams are zero and thirteen against their next opponent. I'll check this up to check you, but keep going. Who did we play after <clears throat> the Niners? Did we play the Bengals after we played the Niners? Oh my gosh, if we did. Oh Surely no. not. No, I don't think we did. I thought we played the Chargers and then the Bengals. Something like that. We did win after. I think we did win after playing. But it's slow. So anyways, the, the numbers are there saying that whoever the team plays after the 49ers, you know, like it's a loss. So I'm going to say that we win because statistically – that number's pretty cool. Like, you know, yeah. Keep it going, man. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, that, that game, that that game I mean, it's, it's a physical team. And holy they, shit. What? One in 12. What? what? I guess we're, we're the, the only one, one that won we're, the only, we're the only one team that, um, 
After How playing the 49ers, we will. Yes. Is it because of bye weeks? I'm guessing it's because of bye weeks. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, it's, that's, that's crazy. A, that's impressive. Like, you know, the 49ers last, you know, beat you so hard that game that the next game you even lose that game. So it's crazy. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. The, the Raiders, I feel like, just have been in down bad. You know, Jarrett Stidham. It looked like Jarrett Stidham watching that game against Brock Purdy. Like, both quarterbacks were just having fun. It was weird. Like, Jared Did Stidham they ever was, play in the uh, Big 12 against each other? I don't think so. Because Jared Stidham was a Baylor. Baylor. Yes, I don't think that's they did. At least. I think Stidham was at Auburn when Brock became. Came in. Yes. I, so, I, just, I literally just, like, had that brain, like, thought. Yeah. So, like, at Stidham, he looked like he was having a lot of fun. You know, he was smiling. And it looked like he was cracking jokes with his players. So, that was kind of fun. Uh, seeing, you know, like, hey, I'm in a shitty situation here, but we're going to make the most of it. So that was kind of cool. And then Brock Purdy, you know, doing Brock Purdy things. Um, but I think, like, just this game, you know, I'm, I'm glad the Chiefs are going to put my, uh, the McDaniel uh, out of the NFL now. Um, this is going to be his last game as a Raider. I'm calling it. Um, so I think, I think the Chiefs are going to win here, and I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. I think it's going to be, like, 32 to 21. It's McDaniels, by the way. I said what I said. He said it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of McDaniel, uh, Dolphins currently out of the playoffs. So Dang, that's such funny. a. Also, hey, listen to this. Um, Jerk McChicken has eight touchdowns this year. Uh, Tyreek Hill only has seven. Huh. And the shrub. Tyreek does have a fuck ton of yards though. So. Oh yeah, he has like sixteen hundred yards. But hey. We, we have our replacement. <laughs> yeah, we have our replacement. Um, I really, um, you know what? I really don't wish any ill will towards Tyreek, but it would be very, very funny if they missed the playoffs. That would make me feel, I don't know about good or happier. You know what? I want the Steelers to make playoffs because, haha, Mike Tomlin yep. is inevitable. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, yes. but that it, That's going to take like a ton of shit to happen. And you have to rely on the Jets to win at this point. The Jets are a mess. Okay. So I think we should go through college football. And I think the best thing for us to do is to go through. I think we should start off by saying, KU, nice game. We kind of half covered you uh, (laughs) during the last podcast. We thought that you were dead in the water. And then it was overtime. And we looked like idiots. So we we finished it properly and finished our show and went and watched it. <laughs> yeah. So good on UKU for making it a very entertaining game. That's probably one of the top 25 games of the year that ESPN will re- replay. I would imagine. What'd you think? God, it was uh, such a high scoring affair. It was awesome. It, it was a fun game. I feel sick for Jason Bean that he just absolutely airmailed that pass. Um, it's one thing to lose a game. Because the other team just kind of stops you, it's another thing for just throwing the game and away, and that sucks. You could tell. You could tell that they wanted to run that play in the overtime prior to that because they did bring out Bean real for like a split second, and then I think they had to move the ball from the left hash to the right hash, and then yep, I think I and and then they took Bean off. So I think they were going to run that then, and then when they went to the next overtime, when they could only do the two point conversions. That's when they did. That's when they brought Bean back in. So they 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 wanted to run that play before. So 
it's kind of weird to like think how the outcomes could have been different uh, if that would have happened. Um, my opinion was though, like you you ride the coattails of the people you've been winning with so far. I think yeah. that I think that play didn't need to happen right there. Um, I mean, I don't hate it. I think it makes sense. I, but I, I think. But when you see is, two quarter, you see two quarterbacks on the field and Beans going in motion, like everybody and their mom knows what's going to happen there. I mean, unless you do something different, but I suppose, I, I guess for me, two things. One, it was there. Beans it was had to the throw, um, and he made the wrong throw. <laughs> Fairchild, well, yeah. Fairchild was open in in the end zone, like from but, the camera. Um, the yeah. other thing that I think is of note. When are we going to stop seeing like teams fall for and run the Philly special? Like this feels very, the Philly special feels very statue of Liberty at this point where like coaches for like five years, like decided they had to run the statue of Liberty because coaches are dumb and can't come up with their own shit. And then like, Eventually, nobody ever converted a Statue of Liberty ever again because everyone had to figure out how to stop it. At what point are coaches going to like run a fake Philly special? <laughs> well, you know that it should be a test to a defense there, like staying disciplined and assignment sound. Like if yeah, <laughs> but you know if you if you play your one of eleven, like you should be able to stop every trick play in theory. No, so. I, I, I get that. But like at some point, like we've got to like deviate from or eliminate using the Philly special. I, I get that it works sometimes, but it's just like, by God, like how many dot, how many years are we going to allow teams to get away with the Philly special? Like it, just, I don't know that. Because Andy Reid's Waffle House menu has like at least fifteen trick plays on there, so and I bet the Philly special is one of them. So I hope not. I mean, I it, I, it can be a variation, sure. But. I'm sure, but I'm sure he's probably thinking of a way to scheme it up right now to where it's a trick. And but really, we've been building off of this for four weeks, so I don't know. I don't know either. But um, so yeah, we back, just back wanted to, yeah, we didn't want we we just wanted to acknowledge that KU did come back in that game, did make it a good game, and congratulations on your good season. Um, I think the best course of action is to run through the New Year Six briefly, and then talk about the semis, and then talk about the Natty. What yeah. say you? Uh, least interesting one, Tennessee Clemson. Uh, Clemson lost me some goddamn money. Fuck them. Um, Tennessee looked good, even without their top offensive weapons. And Milton, Milton has an absolute yeet cannon of an Dude, he's, arm. He's got a he's, piss missile. It's so hard to believe he was with uh, Harbaugh and he at Michigan. Harbaugh, he could have had him. Wow. I I think Milton's a little bit too inaccurate. I I think. But it's an absolute money, piss though, like, You're running the offense that like Harbaugh's running. Like you need a precision passer with some athleticism, like JJ McCarthy, less so strong-armed athlete. Like I, I, I no, Milton, I think Milton needs to be in a spread offense, and that's not like in. me trying to be yeah. like. That's not me trying to pigeonhole him. It's just 
dude, you got a fucking arm. You need dudes who are going to run vertical routes. And like, so Milton's like, in the best Milton's in the best spot right now for him. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see fucking Milton under center handing the ball off 20 times a game. <laughs> yeah. No, Milton's a waste. Mil- that's a waste of his talents. Milton and Tennessee are going, are going to be hand in hand next year. They, yeah. He should, he should be nice to have. Uh, but looked not good. Clemson looked not yeah. good. And honestly, not surprised. Didn't think Clemson was really that good. The only reason I bet on them was because I didn't know that Tennessee was so good everywhere else. Yeah. I, did, I don't know if Clemson had anybody sit out for this game. Um, DJ Yuko Angelele is gone. Yeah, but I mean, he got benched. So, yeah. yeah so, like, I think Klubnik was going to play this game no matter what. That's fair. Um, and then the other New Year's Six, shame that the Rose Bowl ends up being the second one that we talk about because it was kind of the second least interesting one if, if you make the Sugar Bowl the second or the uh, third to last one that we're going to talk about. But, um, yeah, Cam Rising just kind of got hurt, and it was a really good game. Like, that game was fun, and then Cam Rising got hurt. And Utah was, couldn't run. Utah, Utah couldn't move the ball, and then Penn State just kind of exploded. It, this was a beautiful game at the start. Like the, just the play style, the play calling, everything about it was just a beautiful game. And it sucks to see Cam Rising get hurt the second year in a row in a bowl game. Same I, bowl I, I like I, same bowl. Yeah, I like Cam Rising, and it. it I sucks. do too. I think he's coming back. I yeah, think I think he. Off. I think he's already said he's going to come back and play next year. Um, I do like, I do like him. Um, but dude, the wing T that was a beautiful play. That, that was nice. That was gorgeous. You run some triple option out of that, like an NCA, like 12 or something like that. Got it. Yeah. Like um, definitely feel awful for cam rising. Uh, yeah. it really kind of ruined the game too. I don't want to say ruin the game, but it, it definitely really changed everything. It took what was probably going to be a good game and kind of made it into just a whatever. Like, yeah. How bad do you feel for that quarterback though? Like, which like, one? Oh, uh, Utah's backup. Pretty yeah. bad considering that their backup last year, like played really well and it could just be the same guy, but I didn't hear the announcers say that. So probably not. I don't think it guy. was the same guy, but. Man. Um, Sean Clifford though. Good for him. He was in college football for ever and a day. And God, he won a cotton bowl too. Yeah, that, that dude won a Cotton Bowl against Memphis and a Rose Bowl against Utah. Sean Clifford is one of the most like irrelevant um, and like worst players to become just like a household name between me and my dad because he was there for so long and he was so terrible but won so much that it just like kept bringing him up. It was like uh, I mean, he is just fucking awful, and they've had great weapons there he for him to throw. Started to he's like, the he started like for. Four to five years out of a six-year career, and he just passed Trace McSorley for like all the records, yes. which is sickening. Because yep. Trace McSorley is one of my favorite college quarterbacks ever. Yeah, he, he was there for he's, six years. He's the Aaron Kraft of uh, college I mean, quarterbacks. <laughs> he was there, Tyler Thompson. I mean, yeah, yeah, just there for so long. One way more. Yeah, yeah. rip. By the way, um, in retrospect, I will never, ever, ever. I don't want to say forgive the committee, because like at the time, I really thought that Ohio State probably should be in the playoffs over that Penn State team. 
God, I wish I could have seen that Penn State team play in the uh, playoff. That would have been fun. That team was so goddamn fun. With When Trace McSorley was a sophomore, I think it was. Oh, yeah. man. All right. We can take a little bit longer on this one because this game was super interesting. We had Tulane miraculously come back against USC, scoring, what was it, 16 points in the last four and a half minutes of the game? Bro. L- LOL, Lincoln Riley, choke, LMFAO, ha ha ha, idiot. That game was awesome. I watched that game from start to finish. and I didn't get to watch a single second of that game until Tulane made it first and goal because I was at work and forgot to listen to it. Oh, that game was awesome. It had everything. I'm saying it now. Uh, I forget the running back's name. Tyjay Sharp or whatever. Something like that. Spears. I believe that's an NFL wide receiver, but his last name is Sharp. No, it's Spears. Tyjay Spears. Oh, okay. Whoever he goes to next year, he's going to make a team real special. Like, Uh, he is a... He is a good good running back. That guy has the ability to just stay on his feet somehow, and it's it's great. He was playing against a a bunch of – there's some NFL talent on that team, and he proved that he could run with the best of them. So um, that that was a great game. Um, USC just kind of fell apart, and Tulane, uh, you know, capitalized on every moment. Willie Fritz, you know, he's a good coach. Like – like when Tulane got largest season to season comeback in FBS history from yeah, uh, two and ten to twelve and two, wasn't it? Yes, and he even yeah. did the same thing in Division two because he was Central Missouri's uh, coach. Um, no shit. Yeah, and he turned that program around too. So he's he's known for doing this, and he's kind of one of those like simple kind of guys. He's very simplified, very straightforward. And that's what you, know, you need sometimes. Though. Oh, and to be in a place like Tulane where not everybody knows where that's at, like, you know, that's a perfect Whoa. fit for Willie Fritz, you know, he's great, great game, just a great all around game. I do kind of wish, and this is like, obviously super hindsight. I do kind of wish that, the Big 12 had – I wish money, like, wasn't a thing and the Big 12 could just add, like, as many teams as they really wanted to. I wish the Big 12 could add, like, four more to get to 16. And then you could get, like, San Diego State, Memphis, and, like, Tulane would definitely be one of the other ones that I would get. Just because, you know, it's New Orleans. Like, that's a huge market. Yeah. And Tulane is a fun team because they have fun uniforms. Yeah. That was that was a that was a fun team. They, you know, yeah. not a lot of talent, but they meshed. They meshed real well. I'll, I'll never forget them grittying on K State's logo. That was super embarrassing at the time. It still is, but it hurts a lot less. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that loss just hurts a lot less generally now. <laughs> so we need to address. I, I guess we need to talk about K State. I guess like. We'll lump the other two bowl games kind of together-ish, but I guess we kind of need to talk a little bit about K-State. Uh, Gavin, I know that you went, so I'll let you lead. The la- The one thing I do want to say is, you know, K-State did lose this game 45-20. to 20. Um, K-State's four losses this year came to the winner of the Sugar Bowl, the winner of the Cotton Bowl, the winner of the Fiesta Bowl, and Texas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So Texas was by far the worst loss K-State took this year. 
They went 10 and four, which I'm pretty sure is the exact same thing that happened in 2003. It was literally the exact same season as 2003, including the quarterback getting hurt against a team in green. But, um, yeah, so I, I went to the, the sugar bowl. Um, the dome is awesome. Um, it's actually the stadium itself, the like concourse and stuff is pretty narrow, but the building is just super, super tall. So it feels really, really big, even though it like when you're walking around before you're out into the actual field, it feels really small. Um, as far as the game itself is concerned, um, I don't really even feel like I need to touch on the game all that much. The like big thing for me uh, as a fan going to the game, and I hope the fans that went had the same thing. The fact um, I felt extremely blessed. I felt extremely happy uh, that I got to sit in. Hi, Sydney. I know, buddy. Thank you. I felt extremely happy that I got to sit in a stadium and watch K-State go like step for step, punch for punch with Bama for essentially a half. Um, that was something that I might not ever get to. And a lot of people that went to that game might not ever get to see. Um, and it was just, it was cool to see the moment when Deuce broke the 90 yard touchdown run. Like that was like, uh, from you, you go from like, Oh, we're just in this with Bama to like, Oh, holy shit. We might actually do this. And like that feeling and like, being there in the stadium when everybody just like that realization of like, holy shit, it felt like it took them 10 minutes to get to the end zone. felt like we were cheering forever. And um, that, that moment is incredible. Now the other side of this game that I'll talk about before I'll kick it back to you guys is like this game um, to me should just like put completely into perspective, your expectations and feelings on K-State. If you came out of this game, like surprised, or like thinking K-State didn't play that well or whatever, in my personal opinion, your like feelings on K-State were just too high. Like you're just, you don't, in my opinion, if you are feeling that way, you don't have a grasp on like the talent gap that it truly exists between Alabama and our roster. It's one of those things that's talked about, but I, I it's one thing to talk about it and another thing to truly understand it. Like early in the game, I watched uh, run, Alabama's running back, Jameer Gibbs, get motioned out of the backfield. And this is a guy that's like um, transferred from Georgia Tech. He's a highly rated recruit. Um, he's one of the highest projected running backs in the draft. This is just one player on Alabama. And I watched Austin Moore going out to guard him. And this is just an example. It's not a shot at Austin Moore. He's been completely great, solid force at linebacker this year. But as asking Austin Moore to do what – what he was tasked to do should have been just a fucking crime. You're trying to ask Austin Moore who run, who like maybe will run a four, seven to follow a running back that could run a four, two probably runs a four, three on a crosser is just like setting the dude up for failure. And it's, it's like that at every position, just the difference in the talent, the, uh, margin for error that you have to execute at that level the entire game. It felt that's why it felt hard for K State to get everything. Where this actually matters is I want the coaching staff, I want the players, I want the fans. I want you all to realize that while this is a great season, K State won the Big 12. You should be extremely happy with the way the season turned out. But 
if we want to win a national championship, and that's what I want to do, it's why I'm very critical about a lot of what K-State has been this year. Um, that's just because beating Mississippi or beating Missouri State 38 to nothing, and we're coming out here and talking about the things that still weren't perfect, because we know we have to be perfect to beat Alabama. We weren't perfect in that game, but we still played well. We need to keep building as a program to get closer to that level so that when that opportunity comes, when that playoff game comes, whatever, we're prepared to take that step as a as a team, as a school, and actually win that national championship game that's eluded what has been a very, very, very solid and consistent football school over the past three decades. So with, with that, I'll kick it to you guys. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the game? I think in general, and not to take up too much time, I, I echo a lot of your sentiments. I thought K-State played really well in the first half. I think generally, I think the game kind of got away from them mostly on three plays. I think Will Howard missing Ben Sennett on that fourth down on the goal line. Wolf. Bark, 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 bark. Bark. <laughs> um <laughs> no, Will Will Howard missing Ben Sennett at the goal line on that fourth down is a big play, big moment. Um, I think calling that timeout, uh, I get your coaching aggressively if you're Chris. Calling that timeout um allows Alabama to go get a touchdown. And who knows, maybe they score points, whatever, even if you don't call the timeout. But it allowed them to get points, and then the onside kick allowed them to get points even quicker. And at that point, we were chasing the game. So just in my head, Will missing that throw led to that timeout, which led to that onside kick. And that's the sequence where we lost by 25 instead of losing by, like, 14, right? Yep. I think that's the part that upsets me. 25 like feels like like 45 to 20 feels like a lot. I really don't feel like we played the way we played in the first half wasn't it wasn't fair for us to lose by 25 with the way that yes. we played in the first half. We played in the second half, we were just, we were done. Like Bama just beat down on us. Like it was just over. But I think the last thing I really want to say and this will get touched on in the next two segments that we talk about. Yeah, we'll lump them into one, whatever. But you alluded to it. Got to have speed, man. Like, you got to have athletes. And it's hard for our wide receivers to get off their corners because the corners are better athletes. It's hard for our linebackers to stay on the running backs because the running backs are way better athletes. It's hard for us to cover everyone downfield because as much as I like Josh Hayes, Josh Hage is an elite in coverage and not that kind of athlete that Bama's got. And so, like, the next step as Kansas State, truthfully, is making some inroads in some places where you can get some athletes. Because, like, if you can find athletes, like guys who have raw, like, athletic traits and you can develop them into good football players, that's the next step. <laughs> But, like, it, it's just kind of one of those things where it's, like, you can be big and physical, but, like, you're going to get out-athleted. Like, if 
you if you're big and physical but can't control the line of scrimmage, it's the perfect example of Georgia versus Michigan last year. Michigan was a good team last year, and they're big and physical, but they couldn't control the line of scrimmage, so it doesn't fucking matter if like, they're big and physical because they couldn't control it, so they just got out-athleted out, out the rest of the game, and they got killed. So, I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of my synopsis is K-State got out-athleted, out-talented, and I didn't think they played particularly bad. I think Bama also just kind of played with a chip on their shoulder because they wanted to be in the playoff. I Well, that was one thing. Um, not, not, sorry, Beans, I'll take it to you here soon, too, because I was, I was happy as a K-State fan. The worst-case scenario for me was Bryce Young and Will Anderson not playing us losing by like a touchdown and then thinking that we were close when like reality is Alabama's missing key players. Maybe like, I, I think that Bryce and or Bryce young and Will Anderson playing kind of like adds a fire to Alabama. Like, Holy shit. These guys are like are here. They care. Alabama was celebrating plays. Like they wanted to be there. That made me happy because it truthfully felt like we gave them our best shot. They gave us our best shot, and you can actually look on a like even playing field where we are at. Um, I, I, was, uh, I thought after the game. Remember Joshua Youngblood, and like yep. the K State um, like group out there that was confused why he wasn't playing more. Like we think of him as this like incredible athlete, like super fast. And that video of him racing Dalton Schoen always comes back because Dalton Schoen is not an athlete. He's not all that fast. And, like, Joshua Youngblood in a 100-yard race, like, edges out Dalton Schoen. And it just, like, goes to show that these, like, guys that we're talking ourselves into as these athletes at K-State, like, Joshua Youngblood at, like, wide receiver position, it's like a 4-5 guy. Like, a guy that's, like, fast. And, like, Joshua Youngblood couldn't even do anything else either. And he might have been one of the fastest wide receivers on that team. Like, we're just, we're so far behind the eight ball on, in terms of that, that I, I, that's where we got to get to. That's what we need to compete. The margin for error is just simply too small at that level. Uh, Beans, what are your thoughts? Um, I agree with everything you guys said. Like we have this vision of like where we want to be. I just want our our fans and our fan base know to that. Like Kleiman is the guy to get us there. Yeah. I Kleiman's done it. He did it at NDSU. Like he took them to a place where a school in the middle of nowhere probably would have never gone before. Now look, they're still, they're still winning. They're still doing solid. And so I think climbing can get us there. Um, the talent that was on the field for Bama against K state, you know, like Felix, he was pretty kept hush, hush, you know, that game, he wasn't very dominant, you know, kind of sucks to see it play out that way. Brent's didn't have that great of a game, you know, like, um, you know, our players weren't athleting the way we want our athletes to athlete because it wasn't a Big 12 opponent. It was an SEC opponent that just plays ungodly perfect. Um, I, I think now we have it, the taste. I think our coaching staff is young. They know where we got to be now. I trust Klein. I trust Kleiman to get Klein right and to get us to where we need to be. Yeah. The uh, yep. interesting you mentioned the coaching staff there. Um, two things and we can move on. Uh, Chris Kleinman, love the dude. I've like been critical of him in the, in, 
critical of him in the past. I agree with everything you said. He's made me a believer this season. And when I talk about like learning experiences, he's very much doing that as well. This is his first time coaching at this level, let alone mm-hmm. playing Alabama, like not just division one, like the Alabama, literal Alabama. Um, this was probably the first time in his collegiate coaching career that he didn't have either equal or a significant talent advantage to the opponent he was placed playing against. Like he had that when he was at North Dakota state and we haven't played in Alabama yet at Kansas state. So like I almost give him a pass when he calls that timeout before half because yes. he legitimately believes as incorrect as it might've been. And this is where learning this comes in that like we have the guys that can execute and play with Bama and I love him for that belief. And he's brought so many great things to K-State because of that. Obviously, you got to not adjust your belief, but like adjust the players that are giving you that belief, per se. Mm-hmm. And that um, I think this gives Chris Klein an opportunity to do that. And shout out to Colin Klein. That first half was fucking incredible. Just a master class of offensive play calling. The open looks that we got when we needed them on third down. We had to execute at a high level, but the plays, the openings that we found against a incredible opponent were just, it was just an outstanding game. Like in the stuff that we didn't get where we like get a uh, wheel route picked off to deuce. Like I, I understand uh, we don't get punished for that. in The big 12, like that's just an incomplete pass or it's a, we've, we've literally had that get tipped by a defender in the big 12, but we just didn't get punished for it. And, like, you play Bama, you get punished for that stuff, you learn. But, like, by and large, that was an incredible half by Colin Klein. Yep. All right. Time for the big guys. You know what we're talking about. We're talking Fiesta Bowl, Michigan TCU. We're talking Peach Bowl, Georgia, Ohio State, two incredible games. Um, TCU, Michigan was a crack in the third quarter. Yes. It, it was literally the, the only way. So TCU wins this game a lot to a lot minus six. I can't remember the actual final score. And I believe Georgia won 42 to 41, correct? It was a one-point game. But pretty much what happened in that TCU-Michigan third quarter was basically when you see two heavyweight boxers fighting each other and they're just throwing fucking haymakers. Yeah. Like they're just throwing fucking bop, 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 like fucking hooks all over the goddamn place. And it was, it was fun as hell. That game was fun as hell. Yes. Um, TCU remains just the team of goddamn bullshit. They won that game because of two pick sixes and a potential Michigan touchdown taken off the board. And then they fumble on the very next play. And then, like, an alleged targeting penalty that doesn't get called. I personally didn't think it was targeting, but, you know, what do I know? But at the end of the day, TC was in the natty. Yes. Yeah, we've we've talked about the uh, team of destiny. They've been the whole year. This uh, That's just kind of continuing. Um, I The only thing that I got to talk about in this game, and I sorry, I'm going to keep almost talking about this K-State game, where you have like a wide a first round receiver for TCU that like honestly was like kind of quiet throughout the game for as big of a game as it was, and then just like makes a conscious decision in the third quarter on a third and seven to keep the drive alive that like 
not only am I going to break a tackle and pick up the first down, but yeah, like I'm just going score. to like toast this dude on the corner and then I'm just going to go and score a touchdown because we need that as a team and I'm big and fast and that's what I'm going to do. That was an incredible um, play by Quentin Johnston. I know there's like no Michigan or no Michigan players on that side of the field to go and tackle him, but like that's just kind of what happened in this game. It just starts opening up, teams start scoring, and pretty soon when like teams are scoring at will like that as a defense, it's so fucking hard to just I just get a hold of yourself almost. Like you just you feel like you've got to do more than just uh do more, and that just starts leading to mistakes, blown assignments, and it just took off. What do you think, Beans? Yeah. So this game was kind of so fun fact. I watched the case. I watched the K State game fine. Like I was, I wasn't sick. And then during the TCU game, I got like sicker than a dog. And so it was hard watching this game. But I'm um, sorry, dude. That was an awesome game. It was a great game. Like I watched it, but like I'm sitting here on the couch, like shivering and like coughing and sneezing. And it was just brutal. And so I watched this game, but I didn't watch this at 100%. Um, Quentin, I do remember the play though with Quentin Johnston. Um, I, it seemed like the defense, the three-three-five. I've never been a fan of, but boy, did it look good against Harbaugh. They did their one of a, every player did their one of eleven. They were assignment sound. You know, they would. There was a little bit of times where they would bend, but they did not break. They just it. It was a beautiful sight to see as far as a defensive perspective for TCU. Um, and shout out to Max Duggan, you know, he, he's still showing that he's a good leader, you know, it's kind of weird. Like you, you say Max Duggan is like a good quarterback, but he's not like, you know, he's not like a draftable quarterback, but like he's doing really he good to he... draft them. My boy, what you declared for the draft. Yeah. He declared for the draft, but like, you know, not a lot of people are talking about him, but like, he's doing just good enough. <laughs> like, you know who he reminds me of? Like not not even like from a draftable like standpoint or like like not even from like a playing standpoint either. He reminds me of Ian Book in the sense yes. of like, oh, this dude was a good college quarterback. And for Ian Book, it's like, oh, I hope he gets drafted like in the fifth, sixth round. Like, cause that would be nice for Ian Book. Yes. And for Duggan, it's like, man, I really just hope he gets drafted because I like Duggan. And then Ian Book gets like drafted in the third, and Max Duggan will probably get drafted like in the fifth round because reasons. Yep. And like, so that, that's like, what it that that's what he reminds me of, just from a like or like Cody Kessler. It's like Cody Kessler is like a fifth round pick, and then the Browns are taking him in the third round because of reasons. No, uh, yeah, and Max Duggan, he's like one of those. He's just a competitor, and it this TCU team is just different. Like, he I, just, dude, okay, like, man, I don't know if this is going to be like a thing. And it could be, and it could not be. But like, if you're a team that has like, I don't even know. I'm trying, like Geno Smith, for instance. Would you say the Seahawks resigned Geno Smith? Don't draft a quarterback, right? Yeah, the Seahawks feel like a team to where it's like, oh, we draft Max Duggan, and he's just like our like goal line quarterback type bullshit thing. Yeah, because he's you know like a, I mean? he's like a scrambling but, quarterback. Like the thing but he's is, not, is like, not even like it, you can't even have it be Geno Smith because like Geno Smith like is too good for that. There's really not like a lot. You have to have like Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill, where Andy Dalton's like not very good anymore, and Taysom Hill is like you know good at what he does. 
And I don't know where that quarterback, I don't know who that backup quarterback is. Like maybe you'd be like if the Panthers like kept Sam Darnold and they just draft Max Duggan to be like a red zone weirdo. Yeah, he's like not like an A plus player at anything, but he's just like an overall C plus B minus player. It, it's I don't know. But, it, Max Duggan like has athletic ability, which makes me think that he will almost make an NFL roster for doing something. But like I don't know. Yeah, no, he. But it, aside from that, like shout out to TCU. Like mm-hmm. Sonny Dykes has this team rolling. The defense looks great. Offense is just humming. They're running back a uh, Miller. It, hopefully he's not hurt because um, I know he was kind of injured. Yes, Gavin. Oh, I was, I was just going to say to add on to that. It uh, appears that the Big 12 is going to be just fine without Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs> Damn. Except for the money. But, you know, yeah. we don't need to talk about uh, that. We still, got that. we still got that Texas market. It's all right. Allegedly. Um. I don't have any like actual evidence to support. I mean, I guess I have a bet. I made like a parlay for like everything that I thought. I, I didn't even take TCU out, right? I took TCU plus the points because I'm a pussy ass bitch. That parlay didn't even hit because that parlay didn't even have a chance because Clemson lost the first game. God, that pissed me off. I didn't even get a. Ch- I had t- I had two lane in that parlay too. That parlay was like five dollars to win like two hundred, <laughs> and I only I. I was mad because, like, you know, I got um, TCU right and Tulane right, and then I remember that, like, Ohio State didn't actually win their game, and I had Ohio State, and, like, then I had Utah. But I had Tulane and Bama minus the points. Yeah. I made money off of Bama. I forgot about that. $18 dollars. And then we had the next game, which was Georgia against Ohio State, which – did this feel like the longest game ever? It felt super long and I was super annoyed because I barely got, I didn't, I got to watch it, but I kept getting dragged around, like trying to watch it. Cause it was new year's and I was at Hitch's place and it pissed me off. Cause like, I'm, I want to just watch the game. And so we, we have the game set up in the living room and it's great. Because we have the game, and we have the K-State basketball game on the other TV. And then everyone goes outside because people want to play beer pong. So we so we don't have a table that we can put in the basement. So we have to go to the garage to a makeshift table. So then we bring the TV outside, or whatever. So that way we can watch one of the games. So we watch the K-State game because it's the one that's closest to ending. And so I don't get to watch, like, any of the fucking like first half of the game, basically. And then I start watching the second half and then I get drug out to the bars. So I finished watching this game in a bar and there no, was a Georgia fan. There it was depressing because my father is a big Ohio state fan. And so I wanted Ohio state to win and I wanted Ohio state and TCU. Cause that would have been a fun offensive game. And now we're just going to get Georgia being fucking boring as sin. Stetson Bennett actually got like low key a really good arm though. I don't think people really realize that. I, like you- I this this game just like uber simplified. Seemed like it just came down to uh, how much can CJ Stroud and Marvin Harrison do, and then uh, Georgia has a really 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 good roster, so they're just gonna like figure some things out as well. 
and beans to your point of it like feeling long it just felt like this game was coming down to like a game winning or a game attempting uh field goal win and like that was just how it was going to end always it was too close for it to end any other way and ohio state got their shot and then uh their harrison buckner just uh had the wrong side of uh, oh, ohio <laughs> state folded yeah. on yes. that last possession yeah you cannot make that kid kick a 50 yarder especially the way that that 40 whatever it was i think it was like 46 to or 49 that other field goal that he kicked looked ugly as fuck you cannot physically allow him to kick a 50 yarder for the win yeah and th- they did and you, as soon as marvin harrison got hurt like that's when the game really changed yeah and honestly the biggest fold was the ohio state corner just falling down and like allowing a 76 yard touchdown pass in like 20 seconds yes i yes. mean that's yep. like probably why you lost the game low key you didn't really even give yourself a chance to get a stop um but i mean Stetson Bennett was nails on that last, on that last drive again dude low key like has a nice arm like i Stetson Bennett kind of gets crapped on cuz he's not like super good and he's like a former walk on and everything, but dude, Loki got a hose. Like he was, no, he yeah. was, he was hucking that ball. Yeah, we're to in me, a world. Like, Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say to me, like in the past, it was always like kind of just like a joke where it's like, oh, haha, like Stetson Bennett, like is haha, like you know this walk on he gets carried by like Georgia's roster, but like you know you watch him actually throw the ball, and it's like, dude. That guy, like, just got an NFL arm. Like, he's probably going to get drafted by somebody. I was going to say, like, we got, we're in a world where Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan are these weirdly unathletic, athletic quarterbacks, and we're in the national championship. Like, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Transfer portal is an amazing thing. It's, uh, <laughs> I know Georgia's back in there and everything. But, like, it really does – I feel like those two quarterbacks playing in the national title game is like a microcosm of, like, college football overall being a down year and, like, the transfer portal just, like, really, really, really making the uh, talent kind of, like, spread out almost in college football a lot more than it was over the past, like, five or six years. I think it's also just, like – I mean, God, look at it. I mean, neither one – like. Those two dudes could have left. Like Max Duggan could have left when he got beat out in the spring. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he did start off as a backup. And like Stetson Bennett could have just left. I mean, he did leave and he came back. Whatever. To be the quarterback of Georgia, and it's just like, dude, these guys stayed, and like now they're in the natty. And like Stetson Bennett already has a natty. And it's like maybe sometimes like you need to stay. Like. Like, maybe your destiny, like, isn't to go in the portal. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. again, kid, kids should transfer if they don't feel like they belong where they're at. But it's just, like, Bryce Young. Like, who who really are, like, the last quarterbacks to, like, even play in natties that have transferred? Like, Joe Burrow is, like, a really good example. But, like, Joe Burrow got beat out by, like, Dwayne Haskins. So, I mean, that 
I, I guess Joe Burrow would have been at Ohio State his senior year, but whatever, whatever. But like, I mean, Joe Burrow, but like, who else? You know what I mean? Like Trevor Lawrence did never transfer. Yeah. Like Jalen Hurts didn't play for national title when he transferred to Oklahoma. Like, I mean, almost all the quarterbacks that play for Natty's like usually are on the same team. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah, that's very true. So, and and not all of them that make it to the playoff like have stayed on the same team. That's not necessarily true. But like the the ones that like went out at the big programs like are the ones that hung around or making it, I guess. So I don't know. Maybe that isn't as impressive as they're making it out to be, but do we dare bet against TCU against Georgia? This game's probably in my mind, this game comes down to one of two ways. Either TCU is gonna win on some fluky fucking bullshit, and it's gonna be one of the littest natties of all time, or Georgia's gonna win this game by like tw- like 30 points. The, the the way I see it is like in my brain. Whatever you think the score should be on paper, spot TCU 21 points just off of crap. Because, like, they're just going to get it somehow. It won't be, like, anything they do. It'll just, like, fall into their laps. But that they're going to get net 21 points their way. Um, that being said, I, and I'm probably looking at, a, like, Georgia 45, TCU, like, 38 type game. I was about to say the same thing because uh, ESPN has Georgia at minus 12 and a half. I would take Georgia in that. Really? I, I think the problem is, and I, I hate to say this because I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. The big reason why I think that TC, I thought that TC was going to beat Michigan was, as I alluded to earlier, they have a distinct athlete advantage. You don't have a distinct athlete advantage against Georgia. Georgia has equal to or better athletes at every position compared to TCU. And so I don't think that TCU can just out-athlete, out-big play, like all that crap. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Georgia. I think they're going to have to like go win the game. And I just don't think... I know they did a decent job of controlling the line of scrimmage against Michigan. TCU did. But at the same time, Michigan, like, fumbled the ball at the one-yard line and threw two pick sixes. Yeah. Like, Michigan probably should have won that game if we're, like, being objective about it. Yep. And I think Georgia is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage, and then TCU can't make up for it with athletes. I genuinely think this is going to get a little ugly. Um, I think TCU has enough firepower to keep it close-ish. But, like, genuinely, I think this is, like, a 38 to, like, 17 game or something like that. Wow. I, I genuinely, you know, make it, like, make it 45 to 24. How about that? Okay. But I, I genuinely think TCU is going to probably get the piss pounded out of them because I don't I I just do not think that they are good enough on the line, and I don't think that they can make up for it. Um, now, granted, I'll probably look like a fucking idiot. So, 
I have betted against TCU at every freaking moment this year so far, and I'm not going to bet against them now, and they're going to lose for that. But I'm going to bet for them because they're going to lose, but I think I that's so confident now my pick. <laughs> but I'm going to pick them to win because I'm tired of betting against them. Does that make sense to you guys? No. Good. So I don't know. It's a good story. I love the story that TCU has created so far. Me too. And, um, you know, they've been – it's just it's just different with them now. Um, after losing to K-State and everything, like it just seems like everybody's rooting for them. I and Gavin mentioned this a couple weeks ago, like shout like shouting out to them for you know following their niche, like that hypnotoad thing and stuff like that. Like this, you know, this guy, these this crowd, this the the, the whole team, the, the department, the athletes, they follow their niche and they keep doing their thing. And I think if they just keep doing with that, they might just scrap their ass through this game somehow and might just possibly win. Um, so I'm thinking of like a 45-41 game with TCU winning. If TCU wins, it's because they go for two. It's a la Boise State. That's, okay. that's the way they win. Yeah, 41-43, something like that. I don't know. TCU like, isn't T- if TCU gets it to like the last possession and it, they will win because they'll go for two and they'll get it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I, so that, that's, that's how, so here's the thing. There's a couple things. I've already seen TCU play a game against Texas where the score was like fucking 17 to 14 or whatever. Maybe it was like 13 to 10 or whatever it was. Ironically, they should have lost that game because they wouldn't have had to play us in the Big 12 title game, but that's beside the point. So we know TCU's defense is capable of good things. And the way I see TCU winning the game is if you keep it close enough in a low-scoring game, which sounds super counterintuitive because you're thinking, oh, well, they want to keep it close in a really high-scoring game. Because that's TCU's game. I don't think that they can score that many points is the problem. Yeah. I think that that's the issue is I, I don't – good for them if they're getting in the in like 30s and 40s. I just don't personally see it because K-State held them to fucking 24 or whatever the hell we held them to. I, you know what I, I mean? Think, it's not – I think that uh, Max Duggan is just also better than um, – Stetson Bennett. Thank you. I think he's just better than him at this point. Like, even in that Michigan game, um, Max Duggan throws two picks. Both of them go, like, off of his receiver's hands. Is like, largely just, like, I don't want to say perfect, but, like, plays an outstanding game outside outside of, like, those two plays that weren't even on him. Like, you watch the Ohio State game. Uh, Stetson Bennett played really well, but Stetson Bennett is also just prone to just, like, that obnoxiously dumb pass, uh, just a ball that flutters on him. Just that those couple moments that I just don't think Max Duggan has really shown the ability for this season all that much. I think that like maybe an interception and like some BS, like a muff punt is like what keeps TCU close in this game. Um, but, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, shout out to just shout out to their fan base and all of TCU. I think, um, Apart from everybody wanting Georgia to lose because they're Georgia and won the last one, like I think it's pretty easy to say 
I don't agree with TCU. I don't even necessarily like TCU. Um, I'm really confused by a lot of the shit that they do. I think a lot of the stuff that they support is kind of fucking stupid. But you know what? They love it. And they're all about it. And half the country is all about it now. I'm seeing, pardon my take, tweeting pictures of fucking Hypnotoad now. It's fucking everywhere. Um, I think it's dumb. But they believe in it. And they believe really fucking hard, and it's working. So good for them. Um, cheering for TCU. Score updates. What we got? Texas Tech is up thirteen to five on KU with four minutes to the game, and through five minutes of the game, actually no, six and a half. K State is leading Texas eighteen to ten. Guys. This dog is on fucking crack. Jesus <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to find a way to actually watch the K-State game because I forgot it's on Longhorn Network. But we'll figure that out when we get off the air. Um, We will report on those scores probably never because we don't cover basketball pretty much at not, all. Not until not until football's over. Um, K-State beat West Virginia. KU beat Oak State. They're both 1-0. Congratulations. K-State Ooh. almost choked it, so... Um, we'll, we'll cover basketball more when we get in the swing of basketball. We suck at covering basketball. Um, shout out to, uh, shout out to everyone in basketball. How about that? Yeah, there you go. I, I do like basketball. So, um, yeah, I think it's time for some thought provoking moments and hot takes. We really didn't have a ton of quick hitters anywhere else. It was a big, 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 big football weekend. Yes. And, uh, I think we kind of left it off with the big college games, and we'll just kick it off with some uh, thought-provoking moments. And we're getting ever closer to Milf Manor's premiere. So, this is, is this the first thought-provoking moment in like a month? I feel like I haven't done one in a while. Yeah, no, we didn't do. I, I don't think we did one in the last two weeks. It's been a hot Damn. minute. It has been. So there's been a lot of thought-provoking. I keep a notes app, so it's like good. Yes. Anytime uh, I have a good, anytime I have a good, this one be. anytime I have a good moment, I write it down. All right. I'm expecting a lot here. So I have a, I have a buddy whose brother, uh, you know who you are if you're listening. Shout out to Brett. Um, I have a buddy who uh, went to a basketball game and he won a trip for making a half court shot, and so that made me lead to this question: Would you rather receive one million dollars? Or have 10 tries at a half-court shot, and every time you make it, you receive a million dollars. Give me the million. Or no, only no, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Five million dollars. So for every shot you make, it's five million dollars. But Dude, just or, give me the million. Fuck. Yeah. Or, yes, or... So, you... you if you asked me this question... Eight years ago, when I was in high school, I would have taken you up on the half court shot offer because I could actually make half court shots. I haven't shot a half court shot in almost a decade. There's no fucking chance I'm passing him a million dollars. So you're taking the million rather than taking 10 shots and making five okay. million for every shot. You know what I would take you up on, though? Like, dead ass. If, like, you let me shoot, but for like every miss, like, like I could always cash out, but like every time that I missed a shot, like I lost a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that would be 
So like Ooh. if I like missed nine, I could always cash out with like a hundred thousand dollars and just shooting like the last one for five mil. I like I would do that because like at the end of the day, I would shoot like three of them trying to win five mil, and then I'd be like, all right, well, here's seven hundred thousand dollars. I guess I'll take. So but us- there's no chance of passing up a million. Um, so I'm going with the million too. Um, assuming that like I can't change like the rules or whatever, it's like just to keep it nice and round. I'm probably if you told me like seven five or like I would say ten. Like at ten, I would pretty obviously just like take the shots. And if you were giving me ten for every make, um, I probably would still do it at uh you know seven million five hundred thousand for each. But like five, a, a a million is just enough. Like I'm just I'm happy with that. Uh, that I I'm okay. I'll figure it out. Like whatever. But um, yeah, that's just kind of how I feel about it. What you got, Sam? How what what are the taxes on this stuff? <laughs> tax free. It's tax free. Tax money. free. Okay. Tax free. Here's the thing. If I took a million dollars right now and just put it like into a retirement fund. Yeah, I could literally just take a deuce on my boss's desk whenever the fuck I wanted. Like, if you ever just like pissed me off and I wanted to leave, yes, like, like money just wouldn't be an actual issue, and I could probably just work like as a janitor for like fun. You know what I mean? Like, because you have a million dollars in a retirement fund, like that's gonna be worth a lot of money by the time you retire. So you can just kind of do whatever you want. Yep. Um, I, it's really just utility theory. It's really more like what it's really just more of like, what are the odds that you actually hit like one of the shots? And it's like, well, let's say you have a 10% chance to hit like each shot or whatever. And I don't remember Gavin, you took stats. So you know what I'm trying to get at, but there's like that you hit like the chances that you hit like one of the shots is probably like 10% or something. Yeah. Which means $5 million is technically worth like $500,000 because that's what 10% of it is. Right. Which makes a million worth more. So like in theory, like what Gavin was pointing out is if 10% is like your threshold. So if like you can hit it at a 10% clip, you would need like one of the balls to be worth like 10 million for you even to like try it. The balls stack though, right? So like if I made 10 balls, I'd win $50 million. Yes. That God would be pretty it. cool. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm shooting my shots. Like, Wait, I what think, are you doing? But, like, I just don't I'm think I would make I, I'm that shooting. many. No, I'm, I'm shooting the half-court shots. I'm like, not. I'm taking a million dollars. Like, it's all I'm conservative nothing. as fuck. Like, I honestly think, and I'd like to try just shooting 10 free throw shots. I think I can make two. Wait, 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 wait. You so now we're talking free throws? No, no, sorry, half court shots, half court shots. I was gonna say, dude, if it was like free throws, like I'd fucking no, 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 I'd shoot blindfolded. I'd shoot if you if it was a million dollars staked up with free throw shots blindfolded, like in the same scenario, I would take the free throws. I'm not half court. I would do the same. Half court shots, like I still think I can make two. I I think a blindfolded free throw is easier than a half court shot. Dead ass. I I. I don't know. I, I think, I'm with Gavin on that. Like, I think I would miss like the Muscle first memory, like bro. 
I think I would miss like the first four and then I'd be like, okay, I know where I'm missing. Like, okay, I'm going to correct my, I'm going to correct just my. so long of a shot. So hard, dude. Like, I think I can make two. But you remember when we were calling that tournament, like how many five point sh- shots like were being but attempted? Many, yeah, but like how yeah, many one of them was hit? made by a professional athlete and the other one was dumbass luck. Or not okay, a professional but, athlete, but a division one athlete. Unguarded, I, I, by the way. I think I, I think. Here's the thing. If you, here's what I would do. Th- this is facts. If you gave Kaylee Page a woman's ball and told her that every half-court shot she made won me a million dollars, where I could just have a million dollars, I'd let her shoot those shots. I'd probably let her shoot it for 500000 no, mm, Maybe not 500000 Either way, I'm taking the shots. I think I could make two. I'd be walking out with $10 million. I will just take my million. You can keep your million. I'll be. And I'll take a deuce on my boss's day. You know what? You know what? I... You know what? Sunday night, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna record shooting ten shots, and I'm gonna see how many I make. And if I, if He's I make, gonna shoot like a hundred shots and like cut it to where like yeah. he makes the. Water. No, no, no. I'll set. I'll prop my phone up. Okay, I'll prop dude, my perfect. phone up. I'll dude, prop my dude. phone up. I'll shoot ten, ten half court shots, and if I make, if I make, you know, at least one of them, like. Then, yeah, yeah, but what if you miss all of them? <laughs> then you then you have zero dollars. <laughs> then that proves that it just wasn't meant to be. Then I now know I take the million and I run. I I do kind of want you know what I would want to do? I would want to take the million and then just shoot the half quarters for fun. Mm-hmm. Like I really like like now that you like now that you've mentioned it, like I don't even like I just want to shoot half quarters now. Like to see like here's here's a thought. You get a million, but for every free throw or every half court shot you make, you make five hundred thousand, and for every one that you that you miss, you lose a hundred thousand. You, I still probably wouldn't take that deal because I'd end up with probably zero dollars. You get five million, but you got to shoot ten. Or uh, no, let's go here. You get eight million, but for every half court shot you miss out of ten, you lose a million with a minimum of zero. time-consuming thought-provoking moment as we're all like terrible with money flyover does math flyover math um by the way we've been requested to do bets again so uh beans gavin we're gonna have to do bets again at some point who's requesting this i I believe it was just i believe it was just land okay God, I. But that's can't. how I feel about it. Is that reaction right there? Just fly, flyover bets will return at some I'm point. I'm only doing we'll it pick because it the fans are begging. Yeah, so. we'll do whatever the fans want. But no, I will to... not do whatever the fans want. <laughs> about no, 16% yeah, of our fans are begging for it back because we only have six fans, and one of them requested it. Gavin, Gavin wants it, whatever you guys request. Gavin will do. Okay, guys. You guys do some research for this too, by the way, because there's no football bets now. Stop. Or, or there won't be football bets in a while. <laughs> so you're gonna have to like start betting something else. You were so pissed. Oh man, I'm gonna have to learn about other sports. Fuck this, I, man. I will find bets like are from the oddest fucking corner of the world before water I polo. I will bet water polo. We're we're only beans. We're only betting like 
two dollars at this point. By the way, good. I'm this tired of losing. I'm tired of losing money. <laughs> we lost so much money. That was one of the reasons I told him that we were done was because like we lost just a lot. All we did was lose money. We lost well, like forty dollars. We lost more than that. You know we, what? Send we, us money. Send us money to bet on. Yeah. <laughs> we got buying our merch. At least send us some money. Do something. Do this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Buy our merch, heathens. Yeah. We still need to, uh, you know, I, I put out the APV for people to, like, tell us what their favorite moment from this podcast was for a chance to win a free t-shirt, and nobody's done it. Which well, we didn't really... Merch- we didn't really announce it, so we didn't. I thought I announced that on air. No, you did, but like when you hear I, I it, like you don't really. That, uh, our fan base like, hates the end of the show. Yeah, we That's need to like, tweet it. I think it gets to the thought-provoking moment, and then it's just like. <laughs> but no. that's the best part of the yeah, show. That's the best part. <laughs> We need to put it at the beginning of the oh, show. Oh, man. Uh, I uh, need to listen to these guys talk about sports er, because that's what I listen to 24-7 er. <laughs> Not going to name names, by the way. Brianna Cleekin. Um, I got called out for my entire... I was being introduced um, to this one person's boyfriend, and my introduction was, this is Sam... His entire personality is sports. And I was like, go fuck yourself. That's bullshit. It's only mostly true. But like, that made me think. You know what? Fuck fuck it. This is my hot take. Does anyone actually have like an interesting personality? Like, can your personality actually be more than just like one or two things? I I don't think it can be. Well, like. With that, like, I don't know how you can have a personality without sports being involved. Like, if you don't, like, if you're a guy and you don't. Yeah, okay. You kind of, like, are. I I understand her point. Like, you know, when you really think about it, like, that's what, like, I'm really into. That's, like, a lot of what I deal with. Like, yeah. And, like, sports betting and, like, you know, what I fall into, all that stuff. But it's, like, you know, I like Rick and Morty and, like avengers stuff and like i like other things i i like movies like there's so much more to me than just sports and i felt very offended this this feels like the moment where you like match with like a really hot girl on tinder and like your opening message is asking her how many yards a shrub would go for in the chief's offense oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like those moments where you know you realize like huh I wonder why it's not working. And I um I did match with this girl on Tinder from Kansas City, I think, like four months ago, and I didn't I didn't even notice. By the way, like the notification got lost, and I almost because <laughs> I was in Kansas City for New Year's, I almost hit her up saying like, "Oh, I like was in a coma for five months." <laughs> They don't don't care about time that you match. Just give them the microwave line and it works. Yeah, I love that microwave (laughs) line. That that line's so good. But I almost almost told her, like, hey, girl, like, I've been in a coma for the last five months. Like, what up? That would not have worked. That would have been, like, an L upon portions of portions. Uh, But, you know, I didn't because I am apparently only interested in sports and not women so so like if this doesn't like answer like most of the questions here like um 
Uh, one way I know knew that Lauren was the one was I asked her, what is 21 personnel? And when she said two backs and one tight end, I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like I found, I, I, I'm, I'm done. It. I, I found it. Like uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got them. Like I got, I'm done. <laughs> so what you are contractually obligated to send this picture to Lauren <laughs> and ask her what personnel package this is. Shrub. <laughs> She would call it the tree personnel. <laughs> <laughs> I need an answer. But yeah, actually, I, I would like an answer to that too. Um, that's one of the sexiest things I've ever heard, Beans. So it's like, like if you like, so yes, like sports is. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> So it happens all year round too. It's not like, you know, you being into like horses, like you can't horses all year round happens, but it's like, ah, I don't know, man. Like when it gets cold. Yeah. Like I, I can't talk shit. On what, what am I supposed to talk I, about? Far, what, I'm not going to talk about farming. Like, I don't know anything about farming. I'm not going to talk about like uh banking. Cause I don't know anything about money. Oh, like, that's the thing though. Like how many things do you actually know about things? I don't know anything. I literally work like, in sports. I work bro, in like, athletics. So I can't talk sports. about anything else. We got sports. <laughs> we got like Marvel and we got like star Wars. Like, I don't Sam, know what to tell you. Sam, the I goal can't talk isn't about to know about anything. It's just to retweet and post a bunch of pictures about everything. So that way, I you know, everything. About everything. Yeah, I, I don't I do know. Like, anything I do about like gossip, either. I, I do dabble in a mainstream gossip because I am a, I can't even do that. I, I'm cultured man. I, I'm a 17 year old girl at heart who loves just, Petty gossip, like, like you know, I like I you see the uh, Andrew Tate and like Greta Thornberg exchange. I love that stuff. That stuff is so goddamn funny. Also, fuck Andrew Tate. I'm glad he's arrested due to a pizza box. That was really. I don't funny. even know what half that stuff is. I don't even know what's going on. Like, like <laughs> dude, there's there's a female out there that is disgusted and uber attracted to the fact that I've spent the last hour of my life drinking Coors Banquet, talking bullshit into a mic with three people listening about how a shrub would get 800 receiving yards in the Chiefs offense. Damn. And you know what? I'd rather talk about that than, like, politics or automobiles. Like, Damn, I'm a sucker for talking politics, dude. God. I am so, you know, I'm a fucking onion. I'm more layered than you think, bruh. Whatever. Yeah. So, that, okay, that, you, you've no, got more layers like, than I do. You know, Welcome to fly over state that, that was my rant. That I, I don't even know what that was. That wasn't thought-provoking. That wasn't a hot take. That was just me saying, I'm interesting. Kind of, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I am interesting, damn it. I matter. Um, <laughs> No, my hot take, I guess, is... Why do teams not just run two-minute offense all the time? Because it works every single time at the end of halves. Yep. No, um, I agree with this a thousand percent. And I, I don't get it. Like, we'll go, like, I don't want to, like, use Alabama as an example. Because, like, Alabama, like, kind of dog walked us down the, we didn't really play that well in the first half or case they played well. But I can't tell you how many times I've watched the game where, like, nothing's fucking happened, and then, like, a two-minute drill happens, and, like, the team scores a touchdown. It's like, what the fuck? Hold on. It's like it's like that sense of urgency, like, kicks oh. in. It's like, why aren't we just calling, like, a billion pass plays, like, all the fucking time? Like, why are we even running the ball? Why 
instead of not scoring at all, what if we just scored faster? Then you would be Lincoln Riley. Didn't Mike, didn't Mike Leach? Here. Isn't this Mike Leach's offense? Yeah, it's just Mike Leach. And Mike Leach is a fucking – rest in peace, Mike Leach. But Mike, like everyone – Everyone, like, in the circle of everything is like, oh, Mike Leach, Leach is a genius. It's like, well, why aren't we all just doing what Mike Leach did if he's a fucking genius? Whatever. I get I get your defense gets tired and all that bullshit. Well, that actually goes perfectly into uh, my hot take. And it's not even really a hot take. I just wanted to point out the fact that we broke an NFL record for starting quarterbacks. We have a ESPN analyst. We have a dude off the street. We have... Apparently, Offered. Matt Canada still deserves to be employed. We have a shrub playing X receiver for the Chiefs offense. Um, I just want to point out this sport that we spend so much time talking about and uh, we like take so seriously and are so genuinely confused when what we expect to happen doesn't happen. <laughs> and then you take a step back and you look at it from the outside and you realize all of these retarded things. It's all bullshit. It just, yeah. you almost wish that it was all scripted like yes. WWE because it, it would make, make more sense. sense. Yes. Yep. A hundred. Yeah. It's like, well, if there wasn't, it's like the U S government, like there's billions of dollars at stake, except you're not sure what it's doing. And it's not like making the product better. And it's not like, um yeah it's not doing I, anything yeah it's just there and it's getting spent because it has the, to the house just, yeah the house said we had to spend it so we had to put it to something and we don't no, know literally what, the market decided that the nfl is worth this amount of money so we have to spend it and that's what we're doing apparently on jeff saturday so <laughs> by the way <laughs> we gotta acknowledge what jeff saturday said about Keontae Thibodeau now that you brought him up Oh, what did he say? Oh, gosh. Keontae Thibodeau, like, hit Nick Foles and knocked him out of the game, and he did, like, a snow angel celebration, like, after that. Yeah. Well, Nick Foles is, like, literally just, like, yeah, like, he he probably doesn't know or whatever. We'll give him the bad for the doubt that he doesn't know that Nick Foles is dying on the ground next to him. But Jeff Saturday (laughs) basically just goes to the media and says he's trash for that, and he wishes his offensive lineman would have, quote, taken it into their own hands. And it's like, what do you mean by that, Jeff? Like, are you looking for them to, like, fight him? Like, what else could go wrong with this season? No, I think, okay, so I do know what Jeff Saturday is saying here. Please, tell me. So that whole game, like, the line was getting their asses handed to him and so i think what just fall off of of an offensive line i've ever seen and so i think i think from my perspective i think what jeff saturday was trying to say was i wish that our offensive line would have kicked their asses after during the during the course of play rather than during play keep getting our asses handed to him just block better like i think he was just trying to say i wish our offensive lineman would have blocked better and been better, you know, at doing their jobs. I, I think that's I what he was trying that, to. But he also got Giante Dibido trash. Like, yeah, I think he was saying. I think he was saying trash just because he's mad in that situation. Whatever. I don't know. We, we, I think, but 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 what I think, I think it's hilarious. To, personally, I, I that, do too. That but is, I think, I think what he was trying to say was what put it into the you know handled the situation. I think he was trying to say 
just block better during the game was what he was trying to say. Is Ron Rivera not knowing that his team can be eliminated from playoffs like a big deal or not? I gotta know you guys. That is oh my gosh. That that is just like thank you. Yes. That that was bad. How do you not know? How do you not know? You literally have Um, staff to tell you this. Like there appears to be no thought going into anything that's happening there. They didn't have a reason to start Taylor Heineke except for the fact that it was just working. He's not playing well, but like the end result of the game is resulting in him winning. So that's like fine. Then he finally starts getting punished for the bad plays. And then it's like, oh, now he's playing poorly because we lost. So now we'll play Carson Wentz. And then Carson Wentz doesn't play well, but doesn't play any worse than Taylor Heineke. But he gets punished for the bad plays. It's like everything is just based on results, not based on how they're playing. And you don't even know if it matters or not, because for all that they knew, they were playing for the Super Bowl and still were undefeated. That was what? bad. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, that, like, honestly, as Ron Rivera in that situation, you can't go up there and say that. Like, don't go up there and say, we're eliminated. You, like, you, you just, you fake it. You fake that. It, yes. You just, sit there yeah. and just say, you know, we just put our players in the best scenario we thought was possible, and it just didn't work out. The cards didn't play. We didn't play our cards right. Whatever. I don't care. Just don't say, don't look up there befuddled and say, like, we're eliminated. Like, dude. <laughs> The way he said it, too. It was so it was just, genuine. It looked like he lost his dog. It looked like he lost his dog. It was so dog. bad. It was I, horrendous. And this is like a week after the video of him, like, telling all of his players, like, who made the Pro Bowl or not. And it's like, I'm really no. happy, and that's great for the locker room and everything that you're doing that. But you should probably have a fucking idea if these Pro Bowlers are going to the playoffs or not, if you can win <laughs> on that Sunday. Like, you know, I'm, I'm glad you went up there and like said, yeah, I trusted Carson Wentz in this situation. Go up there and defend him. Do whatever. Be a thousand percent at that. But dude, don't go up there and be a thousand percent and saying we're eliminated. Like, bro, <laughs> uh, bad luck. It's a lot Very of bad for sure. Very bad for the Free, brand. Reach them how. Is he trying to get fired? Like, does he want to get out of there? I maybe I. I think Ron Rivera is a possible. good culture setter. I don't I don't think he's necessarily a great coach. I agree. I think we will see what Doug Peterson does. I think Doug Peterson is Ron Rivera plus in the sense I think Doug Peterson is a good culture setter and might be able to win a suit. And like he won a Super Bowl, so he's obviously better than he, I don't want to say he's obviously better than Ron Rivera because Ron Rivera made a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, I think Ron, Ron Rivera is a good person to bring in if you're like the Texans and you need to like settle the organization. Yes. Yeah. But I, I think once he sells the organization, you kind of need to go find someone else. Yep. All right, Beans, where's your hot take? Don't got one. He doesn't have one. Bang. So does anyone have any last words? Nah. I'm sad football season's about over though, but mm. I'm uh, also ready for a brain break. Yeah. It, We're going to do some fun um, drafting stuff too. Yep. You know, oh. We'll, we'll, we'll let great. you guys know. Yeah. Beans, you're not looking forward to that draft because you, you're not built different. You're built the same. Yes. <laughs> I'm a basic, I'm a basic bitch. He's a basic bitch. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Well, I think the last word for the day is shrub. Bang.
Number 88, right. cheer them on. Buy the jersey. It's coming. Shrub 89. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone again for listening to the show today. Um, again, less than ideal circumstances to do the show, and we want to make sure that everyone, you know, if you can, donate to uh, DeMar Ham- Hamlin's uh, charity. You can find it pretty much anywhere on the internet. Make sure that when you do go looking for it, you go to a verified source that has tweeted it. We don't want you guys giving your money away to someone who's trying to make a GoFundMe off of a tragedy or something like that. It should be pretty obvious. It's got about 5 million now, but go to a reputable Twitter account that has tweeted it to find that you'll be able to find it. You know, Um, we're going to, let's tweet it out. Let's let's tweet tweet it out. Yeah. Let's We'll tweet it out. We'll tweet it out. Today, we'll retweet it tomorrow. So if you could do that, Beans, that would be fantastic as we close the show. Wait, you have you use your phone. Never mind. I'm an idiot. I was going to say, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the editor. You're the social media department. I'm, yeah. ha- I'm like half the social media department. We need an intern need, is what we need. We do yeah, need we an do. intern. We do need an intern. We, I need an intern for the fantasy league, Gavin. I got, oh. I like got so busy, I couldn't make those videos anymore. Videos? The uh, pregame videos. Oh, well, yeah. It'd be nice if the dude that takes the commissioner's title would, like, do any work towards any of that as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah. He's a cop. It's okay. Yeah. He's keeping the streets safe. Also, I saved him a ton of money because I told him to hedge his uh, Michigan TCU bet because he, he got a boosted Michigan uh, money line line. So he was about to lose $50 before I told him to hedge it. But anyways, uh, not to get too off topic, we do want to – Wish the best prayers up all the, all the cliches, everything in that arena to, uh, DeMar Hamlin, his family, his loved ones and everyone else. Um, we're going to close it off with that. We'll tweet out the link to his fundraiser and to everyone. We love you all. We thank you guys for listening and prayers up for DeMar Hamlin. I see you